0: Hi, everyone. Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to How Should I Be Positioned on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. On this podcast, we do like to discuss macro developments and asset allocation with our UBS Chief Investment Office and our third-party asset manager partners. Now, today's conversation, a very timely one, will focus and specifically on the state of the municipal market, including reflections on Q1 performance and outlook for returns, among other timely topics. Uh, joining us for the conversation today. Glad to welcome Kathleen McNamara, Senior Municipal Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Uh, glad to welcome to the forum as well, Jamie Islin of Newburger Berman. Jamie is a Managing Director, Senior Portfolio Manager, and Head of Newburger Berman's Municipal Fixed Income Team. So Kathleen, Jamie, it's great to be with you both, and thank you for spending some time with our listeners, our clients. Kathleen, I know you'll be leading today's Q&A with Jamie, so I'll pass it over to you, Kathleen. Clean. Welcome.
1: Thanks so much, Dan, and um, welcome, Jamie. There, uh, there's certainly no shortage, shortage of topics for Jamie and I to talk about today when it comes to Muni. So, um, so Jamie, let's get started with performance. The fixed income markets have had a rough first quarter in 2022, and Muni's have not escaped that fallout. In March. I'm looking at my screen here, and it shows that tax-exempt municipal bonds are now set to post its worst monthly performance seen since the height of the global pandemic two years earlier. That being said, Jamie, do you think that most of the sell-off is now behind us, or should we be prepared for another leg down?
2: uh, Kathleen, first of all, it's uh, great to be with you uh, again, and uh, I think you're hitting on the, uh, the key question on everyone's mind. Um, let me frame it a little bit, Kathleen. Uh, you know, by nature, I'm not a huge fan of trying to, you know, time an absolute bottom in markets. As you point out, Kathleen, it has been um, an extremely difficult, not just month of March, but uh, entire start of the year in muni's. But what I do know is we've had an enormous reset uh, in yields. Um, you know, as an example, AAA muni yields in two years have moved higher year to date by about 150 basis points. And if you look in the 10-year part of the curve, it's about 120. That's a huge, huge move. And I think of even uh, 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 equal importance is we've also cheapened up a lot relative to treasuries. So um, at the various parts of the curve, you can buy high-quality muni's, you know, anywhere from 80 to uh, uh, about 100% of Treasuries. So, when I look at the market right now, I, yes, I expect, um, and we've expected all year, to have higher levels of volatility in the market. But when I look at a reset of this proportion and I look at where absolute yields are for muni's now and how they stack up against, you know, treasuries which obviously don't have the tax advantage that munis do. I think the market is getting uh, you know, quite interesting and it's a decent time for people to consider making investments, particularly in the intermediate and, the you know, shorter parts of the market where you're kind of capturing a lot of the yield that's available in the market. And yet, you know, you don't have to be overly long, which I know a lot of people um, are concerned about volatility. And as you point out, Kathleen, you know, potentially another leg down. But I, I think this is a I think this is a pretty interesting market, to. Um ease in uh you know put your uh o in the pool and uh you know uh, start you know start taking advantage of a huge reset that we've seen in yields
1: okay jamie yeah that's that's a good way to put it um moving on to uh, like inflation right um you know inflation is a big topic this year, so i mean, can you talk to us about how you're effectively managing muni assets in this high inflation environment?
2: It's a great question. As I as I touched on earlier, Kathleen, we are believers at Newberger in, in you know kind of the power of intermediate and and, and shorter duration investing in muni's because um, and you see it now the curve has flattened. You're getting the bulk of the yield that the muni market has to offer in the one to fifteen year part of the marketplace. So I think the way to the way um, investors should look at this right now, this higher inflation environment is think about the framework that you've been investing in. And, you know, if investors are overloaded with longer bonds, you know, I think, you know, I think probably think a little bit more about intermediate and shorter maturities. And then we're also thinking about um, how do we build in defensive characteristics in the portfolios? Um, You know, one thing is, is having, um, you know, higher coupons that can help uh, dampen volatility um, in a portfolio. Another thing that I think is really interesting right now is uh, the muni market has certain floating rate uh, instruments, um, some that always trade at par. I think that's a really interesting thing for some investors to think about right now, those types of securities, because as the Fed continues to raise rates, um, you know, when you have a floating rate security, you have the ability to, you know, have your bonds interest rate reset and uh, participate in, you know, actually rates moving higher. So I think that's something uh, that's also interesting. And then I think the last thing that... um investors really have to think about is, so with inflation being higher and rates moving higher, lots of bonds have unrealized losses in them. And one of the beautiful things that you can do in the muni market, no one's happy about prices going down, Kathleen, but when they do, um, you can tax loss swap in portfolios. And I think that's, that's a very compelling thing that investors can do right now in this environment where, as you point out, we're seeing uh, higher inflation and, as a result, higher rates. So I think, uh, you know, you build in all those defensive characteristics, probably keep it a little bit shorter, and, uh, you know, that will help you live to fight another day in the market, which I think is, is the name of the game when volatility is as high as it is right now.
1: Now, you did say, you know, where you thought the best value was on the curve, um, that intermediate section. I, um You know, clearly the idea of adding in some of those floaters um, that you mentioned makes a lot of sense as well. Um, One of the other questions we're getting this week is, you know, the, the media is talking a lot about the inverted U.S. Treasury yield curve. You know, that's making a lot of headlines, and we've been getting some questions on that. In your view, what does the Treasury curve inversion mean for municipal bond yields?
2: Yep. So, I mean, the the, the treasury market. Um, we do take. We don't always move as you point out, Kathleen, in lockstep with the treasury market. But you know, the treasury market is the the ultimate uh, determining factor in in where other types of rates like muni's uh, tend to move. So, as yields move higher that on the treasury side, that's pulled muni's higher. And as the treasury curve has flattened. We've seen uh, uh, flattening in our market as well. One of the things structurally that I think is really helpful to the Muni market is that um, we have a lot of buyers on the shorter end and we have a lot of issuance out longer. And so that creates structurally a natural steepness in the Muni market. And I think is one of the reasons why um even in other points in time when the treasury curve has inverted um munis have gotten our curve has gotten flat but it's never really moved to that uh inverted state and so um you know if you just look right now um if you go from 2 to 10 years in AAA a munis you're picking up about 45 basis points not as much as you would have at the beginning of the year but you know from 2s to 10s in treasuries um you know I think it's about 3 or 4 basis points right now so um you know I think look we can't avoid what the treasury market uh, the movements there it will always have some spillover effect to us but I do think um you know if history is a guide and just the structural aspects of our market I do expect to see um you know continued steepness or probably more steepness in the muni market and that's that's a good thing for investors because at least if you move out if you um you know want to lock in a 10 year yield at least you're getting some additional compensation in terms of basis points to to move out a little bit so those are uh, those are some high level thoughts on that uh, Kathleen
1: yeah, thanks, Jamie. Oh, that's, that's a good explanation of, of the fact that, you know, the muni market, the curve has not inverted in the past and the reasons why. So that is something for our investors to keep in mind. Now let's move on to credit quality. You know, another question that we often get from our clients is clients are seeking opportunities in the muni high yield space. In your view, is now a good time to be adding lower-rated muni's to a portfolio, or conversely, is upgrading to higher credit quality now the better move?
2: One thing I'd point out, and I'll jump quickly into uh, kind of the answer to that question, is um, all this volatility that we've had in the muni market this year. You know, we, we've been reminding our clients that it's it's a rates issue, it's not a liquidity issue, and you know, it's not a credit issue. I mean, the the economy. Um, you know, although it's facing some additional headwinds with Fed tightening and obviously the, uh, you know, the, the extremely, uh, challenging situation in Ukraine right now, but, you know, the U S economy continues to chug along and and the credit backdrop, um, for the overall muni market, whether you're in higher quality or lower quality, uh, bonds is I I think quite sound. Um, when you look at the rate backup Kathleen that we've had this year, um, you know, it will always be issuer specific in terms of which names to go into. But when you look at the rate backup, I think investors are getting some really compelling yields in higher quality securities right now. Um, you know, we've had a huge spike higher in yields and those ratios to treasuries have improved so much. So I think if you can buy, um, you know, as an example, a 10-year muni at uh that's AAA rated at almost 100% of Treasuries. That's um, that's a pretty compelling thing. Something else that I think is really interesting in the higher quality part of the market is some of the larger issuers that you know just constantly come to the market that are high highly rated, but they issue a lot of bonds. They they may historically trade even though they're high AA or AAA at you know 20 25 basis points over generic AAA muni's. But in today's um, volatile muni market, we're seeing some of the larger cap names come, you know, at plus 40, plus 50. And, you're, again, you're buying AA plus uh, AAA rated uh, paper. I think of investors because of this pocket of volatility. Um, you know, we've had a theme at Newberger this year that, uh, um, you know, when spreads reset even on higher grade paper and you get a shot to buy the dip, Um, you you probably should think about doing it. And so I think, um, you know, I apologize for a slightly long answer, but I think, you know, investors can really, really do well in quality paper right now. And then the last thing that quality bonds give you um, right now is they give you flexibility if it does take another leg down or... You want to reposition into credit. I think having a lot of high-quality bonds in there will give you the portfolio management flexibility that you need to kind of move the, you know, the the, the deck chairs around, if you will. So, I think uh, I think quality is uh, um, the way to go. But if again on an issuer-specific basis, if you know the right single A or triple B-rated name comes to market and the spread is wider than it was. Um, I think you have to consider that as well, because as I said earlier, the economy, the underpinnings of that credit uh, are, in my view, quite strong right now.
1: Right, right. Yeah, no, those those are all good points. Um, yeah, seeing a little bit better relative value uh, for the investment grade munis, um, I think, should be interesting to people. And I as well did notice some new issue uh, deals being priced this week at, you know, plus 30 or plus 40 basis points, you know, from, from where you would have expected so, um, yeah, so I think that's interesting that we're seeing some, some value in the high-quality space. Moving on, um, let's, let's get a little bit more granular. Let's, let's talk about individual muni sectors, you know, within the investment-grade space. Um, You know, as you know, airports, private higher ed and healthcare you know, those were the sectors that got hit the hardest from the pandemic. And then they seem to have bounced a bit back um, during the recovery. Um, That said, now we're in this period of volatility. So uh, right now, um, are you seeing some opportunities remain in those areas or are there other sectors that you're now finding value in?
2: I really like those. And and Kathleen, those go back to, you know, when we got towards the end of the summer in 2020, after that huge sell-off, we started looking at areas of the market that, um, you know, we thought were durable. The spreads were much wider, but we said there could be a COVID recovery trade. And I think you hit on on three great sectors. Um, They all got uh, pushed around really hard. And even when Um, you know, when Omicron uh, flared up, um, you know, in December and January, you saw some spread widening in airports. And, you know, I just think as, you know, there's so much pent up demand for travel, people are really getting excited to, you know, kind of get back out there and, and, and make up for lost time. And, you see it in the um, you know TSA numbers and how they've improved. and so um, I like airports a lot. Um, I think you know, with this volatility that we've had recently, it's caused the spreads to move wider on airports, even though the fundamentals haven't changed. Um, I think that's a I think that's a really, really um, interesting place for investors to look and also, participate even though they've started to rally participate in a in a kind of covid uh recovery trade um you know i think uh um healthcare is obviously uh you know really taking it on the chin uh throughout covid but the larger systems um the big players that really have market share um either in the cities or in the states where they operate um, you know, I think if you get some extra basis points now on some of those really um, good names, uh, that's a that's a really good play. And you know, another area that I you know probably mentioned, which is in your transportation theme, Kathleen, is uh, we've liked the toll roads uh, for a while. Um, you know, higher gas is at least in a short term a little bit of a headwind there. But when you think about how patterns have changed, uh, a lot more people. Um, uh, you know, driving to work or, um, taking, uh, trips in their car. Um, you know, there's just, there's a good case to be made for more activity, um, uh, on the toll roads. And, um, you know, we think we've really seen the, the, the revenue numbers on many toll roads and the debt service coverage bounce back. I think that's, um, you know something that uh is an interesting play and a, a nice source of additional spread as well.
1: Yeah, so it is a good point that you know we are seeing these spreads widen out, but it's it doesn't have to do with credit deterioration. It's it's just simply the volatility of the market, right?
2: Exactly.
1: Um and even with respect to airports, right? Because we've had a couple of, you know, little little scares uh that maybe, you know, the recovery um, you know, could be stalled um, but again, um those, that widening of spreads is, is really about the volatility now um I guess that brings us to what sectors um would you avoid um so we said you know airports are interesting, transportation is interesting um health, uh, healthcare um but what sectors do you think investors should avoid?
2: be a little cautious it's almost i would call i would describe it as sectors within a sector so um on airports as an example, Kathleen, you know, I love the, the, the big players, you know, the the airports that um are really you know the the way that airlines move passengers all throughout the the country. You know, they have an international component and a diversity. Um, you know, I think the sector within the sector are, you know, like the regional airports where um you know some of the airlines may look at um you know, that that spot and say, you know, the smaller regional airport. It's not as critical anymore in this new world, the way that people are traveling. You know, I'd also say some of the regional hospitals, um, I again earlier I like the big players, the multi state systems, but I think, you know, with um the expenses and the the repeated flare ups of COVID, it's a lot harder if you don't have the balance sheet and you're a smaller regional hospital to absorb those hits like the bigger players do. So um, there are some great re- regional hospitals that can stand on their own, but I think, you know, I think kind of the sector within the sector play, I think in those two areas, um, you know, not that they have to be completely avoided, but people should be a little bit um, more cautious. They just lack the the level of fina- uh, financial flexibility that some of the, the larger players in those sectors have. So I think that and then um, – You know, I think, you know, maybe some of, you know, with higher oil, you know, some of the more economically sensitive revenue streams, higher gas prices, you know, maybe, you know, being a little bit more cautious on a sales tax bond that's backed, again, by a very, very narrow, more economically sensitive type of revenue stream. I think that's something that, uh, again, not, not the end of the world there, but something that investors should keep in mind.
1: Right. So, um just requires a little bit more um, digging under the hood, basically. Yep.
2: This is going to be, last year, you know, the tide lifted all boats on credit. I think this is the year where you're going to see with this volatility, Kathleen, a lot more um, differentiation of credit. And, you know, if there are headwinds coming out of higher gas prices or other things, it's really knowing those credits. And as you point out, uh, looking under the hood, I think that's going to be Um, a differentiating factor this year and beyond.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. That's a good point for investors to think about uh, between now and the end of the year. Now, sticking with um, talking about credit, with climate change and more intense weather conditions underway, how should investors be thinking about managing those risks in the muni market?
2: um uh, you know the the good news is you know i think there's a lot more data sources out there um you know some of them uh, uh, free but i think um we have not seen we 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 fully recognize and believe that uh you know these risks have increased um you know meaningfully over uh it, particularly in recent years and when we look at certain issuers that, um, you know, a, bar- a wealthy barrier island uh, town off the coast, um, you just don't see, you know, in a place where you would typically see hurricanes, you don't see a yield premium. It's not visible to me yet that the market has repriced um, that type of debt that has those risks. And so I think investors, and we're doing this all the time, and our, our practice here at Newberger is saying, if the risk is elevated, if data that we have access to is telling us that this community is, is vulnerable to hurricanes or the wildfires that we've seen during the summer and we're not getting paid for it, um, I think one of the beautiful things about the muni bond market is we have 55,000 different issuers. Um, you know, Our job is to go find something else. That has a comparable price, but less of those um you know climate related or natural disaster um risks, so I think this is this is a rapidly evolving thing. It is not in my opinion appreciated enough as it should be in bond prices. It will happen eventually it will probably take um you know a sadly a severe natural disaster to create that repricing. but I think now investors have time. And if, you know, if you're concerned about a bond based on its geographic location, um, you know, I think the beauty of the municipal market is there's other places to look where you don't have to assume the those same levels of risk and you can get paid the same way. So I think super important. Uh, it's a great question, Kathleen. And I think it's one it's on our mind a lot. And it's one that. Uh, um, you know investors shouldn't wait too long to start thinking about it
1: right yeah and, and rapidly evolving is certainly a good way to put it um and geographical you know diversification is is important um moving on i guess you know we've certainly talked about a lot of topics here we talked about rates we talked about the the yield curve both the muni curve and the treasury curve opportunities and risks in the muni credit sectors we talked about Defensive positioning up in coupon, um, considering floating rate bonds. um, Against all of that, what are are some of the final thoughts and principal takeaways you have for muni investors as we now head into the second quarter of 2022?
2: I think a big thing, you know, volatility is uh, probably here to stay, Kathleen. (laughs) I was
1: just going to say that. (laughs)
2: uh, But here, you know, I'm a a bond guy, so I'm trained to see the glass as half empty. But I'm I'm going to I'm going to leave on an optimistic note. I have been talking. To clients for years and they've been saying, uh, Jamie, when are rates finally going to go higher? We need more yield. And and we all know as investors, income, uh yield is the primary driver of fixed income returns over time, despite you know these big you know price moves that we've gotten um over the years. It's it's income that drives returns and in fixed income. And with this yield backup that we've had, um we're really getting some interesting rates uh, in the muni market. And the muni market is super tax efficient now um, when you look at us compared to treasuries. And so um, I think, you know, again, we kind of ripped the Band-Aid off, and that's never fun in the first quarter this year. But I do think investors should really be taking a look. And the most important thing, if you do want to deploy money in today's, you know, higher-yielding muni market is – the economy the underpinnings of muni credit the economy is still in very very good shape so whether you're doing uh, higher quality bonds or lower quality it's a good backdrop for credit investing so um that's uh i you know i think i think investors should start looking at the market and again as you said look under the hood a bit more but i think there's some some good opportunities to be found in here
1: Okay. Well, let's end there on all those great points, Jamie. um, I greatly appreciate your insights on the municipal bond market, especially during these crazy times. Thanks so much to Jamie Islin, Head of Municipal Fixed Income at Newberger Berman, for speaking with us today.
2: Thank you.